Welcome to Energy Insights with Kathy and Laura. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Energy Insights with Kathy and Laura. I'm Laura. And I'm Kathy. <laughs> and we are here today with our very first installment of our new show. We're so excited. <laughs> we want to talk to you about a lot of different things relating to the world of energy. We both are moms that practice Reiki, mm-hmm. and we have talked to each other over the years about sharing this kind of work with the world in different ways. We both have businesses, and we'll get to that in a minute, but we are really excited because we have this vision of being able to share with you all of our thoughts that are rolling around in our head, and we are excited to be here today. So, (laughs) Kathy, do you want to introduce some of your work and what you do? Sure. Um, So, my name is Kathy Hughes, and I have a business in Arlington, Massachusetts. Um, I am a massage therapist, a Reiki master, and also an intuitive. Um, I do tarot and intuitive guidance, Um, and I've been doing that since 2012, about... And Laura was my, my Reiki master. She initiated me into the <laughs> wonderful world of Reiki. <laughs> Tell everybody where they can find you on the web. Oh, sure. Um, you can find me at Kathy with a C, HughesRMT.com. And I'm Laura West. I have a business in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I'm a Reiki master teacher and a practitioner. I'm a trained herbalist, and I'm also a psychic medium and intuitive for the divine. You can find out more about me on my website, DivineLotusHealing.com. So today, because this is our first episode, we thought it would be nice to outline for you a loose structure of the kind of work we hope to be doing through this podcast going forward. We have some very big ideas, Mm -hmm. and we have a lot that we would like to cover. Not all in one episode. (laughs) It would be too much. The episode would end up being like 16 hours long. (laughs) You guys would have a marathon listening party. Um, But we thought we would talk about things like how Reiki is incorporated into our everyday lives. Um, We know some really cool people in the world, and we've come across people both as clients and students in our practices, but also just general really amazing people who practice um, different forms of energy healing and holistic work in their lives. So we thought it would be nice to bring them into the fold and interview them Mm -hmm. so you could hear about other amazing people that are in this vein of living their lives. Um, And we also have some really interesting ideas about tutorials and some how-tos and some more specifics about all those generalized energy um, ideas, but things that you're you're thinking about and wondering about. So we really, one of the other things that we're hoping to do is interface with you a lot. We mm-hmm. want to hear what your questions are. We want to get to know you as a database. We want to get to understand where your interests lie. And then we'll be able to pick apart specific topics for you and break them down and share them in this mm-hmm. conversational format that we have. Yeah. Is there anything else that you can think of? Yeah, I just think one of the other main things that we've discussed a lot is just kind of sharing with you guys what it's like to just have, you know, to be Reiki people, but just kind of be down-to-earth regular people. And that's like a big thing, a big reason why I was so attracted to Laura and um, her website when I was looking for someone to teach me Reiki was just, you know, you're so down-to-earth and I feel like, you you know, we're both a little bubbly, but we're both also very (laughs) down-to-earth. And so I think that there are a lot of examples out there um, of people who are very, you know, kind of head in the clouds and, and, and those people no disrespect to them ever, but you know, I just, I, I'm somebody who likes the practical aspects of things and, and everything that I do, you know, I try to integrate, um, 
you know, Reiki living or, you know, being aware of people's energy. And I think that's just a natural thing for both of us. And so I feel like this podcast is also about kind of just opening that aspect of our lives to people and showing you that it can be possible to kind of be really intuitive or, you know, to get insights into things, but it doesn't make you any less of a just functioning person in society. I don't know if that... That's great. Yeah. You know what it's reminding me of, actually? When I first... I'll be vulnerable here and share okay. with everybody. When I first started doing this work, <laughs> I had this vision in my head that I had to be um, somebody who was presenting myself a certain way to the world. Right. So I thought my website needed to be decorated with rainbows and mm. stardust and fairies and esoteric symbols. I am very interested in those things and I honor them in my life, but I am not that kind of person mm-hmm. in my everyday life. And so my very first website ever, a million years ago, had these fairies sitting on crescent moons and it had like oh, twinkling wow. lights in the sky and it just was not me and my vibe and I felt yeah. like I was trying to wear a cloak of a personality that I identified with as being of this line of work. Right. And then over the years I've sort of become more comfortable with letting my own personality shine Mm -hmm. through my work. And if you visit my website now, this is not, I know this sounds like a shameless plug, but it's not. (laughs) If you visit my website now, it's got a very different vibe. I like to think that it's me and my, my, my realness about life Mm -hmm. and my, my attention to detail. I'm very organized. I like things a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I think it has that same, I mean, it's relaxed and comfortable and people tell me when they go and visit it that it's nice and they can find lots of information but I like to think that it's more buttoned up and Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that I'm like a tight person but I just I'm more formal when it comes to this kind of work I suppose in the way that I view myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. no that totally makes sense yeah so yeah yeah I know I used to have like this idea when I first started especially so I started reading tarot like professionally years and years ago like a long time ago and um and I, and I was like, oh, like, do I have to, like, wear, like, the flowing clothes or, like, you know, like, the <laughs> wear a headscarf? Like, I think yes. of women who do tarot as wearing the headscarf and having the crystal ball. Right. And that's such a stereotype because yeah. not everybody, my husband yeah. reads tarot privately in his life. Oh, really? And he certainly doesn't dress, yeah. like, a certain way. He's in his jeans and t-shirt with yeah. his baseball cap on when he's reading. It's so funny <laughs> how we have these perceptions yeah. of what this work does. Right. I think maybe that's one thing that you and I, that's why we gravitate towards each yeah. other because... We both live in the city. Mm. We both have young children. Mm-hmm. We both have busy lives, and yet we are so tuned into this energetic sensitivity of right. the world in ways that are really special mm. and help us pause. And we're helping other people to pause and listen. Yeah. But we're doing it from an everyday average person's perspective, which mm-hmm. is lovely. Yeah, I hope people yeah, feel drawn to that. Well, they do feel drawn to that because we both have practices. Right. Right. That's <laughs> true. Okay. Yeah. So one of the other things that we thought would be interesting about this work is, um, I know you all have had these kind of moments when you're listening to something on the news or you're listening to the radio or you read a story in a newspaper, maybe it's a digital version these days, but when you have some kind of moment where whatever it is that you're reading affects you emotionally in some way and that causes some kind of big shift in your life, it's like a pause moment or an aha moment. We have those happen all the time in our lives, and it doesn't necessarily have to relate to Reiki or the energy healing arts. It's just those wonderful little snippets of life that make you go, hang on a second, let me just take this in on a deeper level. And so each time we come to you with our podcasts, we are going to have a segment called, What Are You Thinking About? 
and we have a couple of blurbs today that we're going to bring to you about the different things that have resonated with us in the past month. Mm-hmm. And it's just a fun way to share with you the happenings of the world that you might not have heard of before. And we're not saying we are the end-all, be-all source of information, because the world is a big, beautiful, magical place. (laughs) It's just our musings, you know, how how we're thinking about things differently or yeah no yeah. It's, okay yeah, so. yeah and we and, and but and we don't expect people to agree with everything but I think oh, that yes. the important thing is like just exploring thoughts about stuff <laughs> and getting it very right, getting it out there yes <laughs> articulate okay so you I want you to go first you because, do yes okay well, <laughs> because you intrigued me before when oh, you did your gosh. little teaser with yeah, me before we no, started no. well these are things that everybody is thinking about right now I have two okay. things and I will do both of them and they're probably like podcasts on their own but um so the first thing is that the whole announcement that we're entering the this is so depressing but we're entering the first phases of the next mass extinction do you know about this i do not yes yeah, so i i didn't know about it my husband tends to keep this stuff from me because i am super sensitive especially about things like this um and of course with the pope did you know like so the pope has been has come out with this amazing document saying that we need to make climate change a priority and like it's like been very powerful which i'm so excited about but um the huffington post which always has like these huge headlines and it's so inflammatory and but um, it's, you know, it said, like, we're entering the first stages of extinction. And, and a scientist, I guess, said that, you know, we are the walking dead. And, like, most of the animals and stuff on the planet are, are you know, it's not good. And, um, and, they, and, like, in the article, it was, like, they just said, you know, we have to change right away or else, you know, this is it. And, like, in the next three generations, we're going to be toast. So how Because things are going like, to get so hot? Or because yeah, the yeah, because the, the climate. climate change. So, basically, the thing is, the reason we're in the first phases is that um, species are dying at, like, a rate of some enormous amount greater. This I should have done more research on this. But this is just my knee-jerk, um, you know, response to seeing this headline that I don't know if I want to know more about. And I guess that's what I wanted to talk about is, like, how – so, like – It's interesting because there are all these headlines like this, but nobody really tells you, like, what to do. And, like, people are saying, like, oh, recycle and do this and that, and we totally recycle. But I still drive places. Like, I don't really know, like, how does – because obviously for years now we've been told that, like, the coastlines are going to change and this and that. And, like, one of the big reasons I struggled with whether or not to have – my son is because I didn't want him to inherit a world that was dying, you know, and now here we are. Can I just interrupt yeah, and say please. that's so interesting. We have chosen to have only one child come into yeah. this world for partly those same reasons. We don't know what kind of world he's yeah, going to inherit crazy. from us. Yeah. And we want him to be as informed and as conscious as possible. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of other reasons why we only chose to have one as well. I right, won't get into right. that now. No, yeah. but, but the environment... And the footprint of humanity yeah. in the environment and what we have done up until now yeah. was one of our factors for right. only bringing one person forward. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I know, I know. <sighs> so so it's just, so, so here we are. And, like, the thing is, like, I read, I recently read this amazing book called, um, oh, my God, I can't remember the name of it. I have to look this up. It was about the Dust Bowl, though, and it's a really good book, and I recommend it to anybody who's interested, not only in the Dust Bowl, but in the environment and everything, because it was the first really big man-made disaster. Okay. And it's a crazy book. I mean, it's crazy what happened to these people. And they, 
and and it's amazing because it was like they used the land so hard and they just destroyed the soil and so like people came in that became soil experts and say it's called the worst hard time that's what it is it's the worst hard time is the name of the book um but but through reading this and this was before all this stuff happened with the news like I became so grateful for our lives and like the fact that like I don't have dust leaking in through my windows my son doesn't have the pneumonia that they got like this crazy illness and it's just and I just realized like I developed such a gratitude for um for what we have now and now that this news has come out I just it's crazy because there are two things one is like I don't know what to do and like does it even matter what I do I'm being honest here right now because I know that sounds like a crappy thing to say but does it like like, if the world is going to end or change and everybody's going to die out should you even try yeah, or like, is, does it like, oh, I recycle, but if everybody else is throwing away garbage into the ocean, like, how much does that matter? And like, I still throw away garbage. I don't compost. That breaks my heart every time. Because when you have a toddler, you know, <laughs> you throw away so much food, which every time I throw away food, I'm like, I am so lucky. I am so lucky to have this food that I can throw it away. That is ridiculous mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck? What the heck? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. And this is from me, from me, Kathy, when you, when we're talking about thinking about, it's just going to be me throwing out a huge thing. Amazing. Of like, none, of something that is like not answerable. I feel like it's just such mm-hmm. a, problem. So I I would love to hear your thoughts and then we can, you know, what do you, well, the first thing that I think of right away is the spiritual aspect of this. My, my, my vibe, and this is not, don't, don't take this as like a negative criticism of you, but you're talking about something that is really scary and it's, and it has a negative connotation to it. And it's so huge. And instantly I have this fear creeping up in my heart, right? So how do I combat that? Right. The first thing I need to do is, well, because of my Reiki practice, yeah, place yeah. my hand on my heart, right? And say, mm-hmm. let the Reiki flow, whatever, yeah, however it flows. And yeah. so I'm going to calm myself down. That's the mm-hmm. first thing I can do. But then the next thing is, I think the, the next logical thing to do is to get information. Yeah. In my life, I know that this is true for me. Whenever I don't know something and I don't have control over my knowledge, I feel like there is... Um, a fear there or an uncertainty there mm-hmm. that I, I can't, it's like a feeling of being out of control. Yes. That's, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So the, if, if you feel comfortable, I know yeah. it's scary going down this road of but opening like this new information. It's like you're already on this road, right? Like we are all on this road. We are all whether on the road we, together. You whether, can like yes, not whether pay attention we, or you can try exactly. to. So, so my recommendation is to do some more research as depressing as it's going to be to learn more, get your facts. And I know that facts are different for every person, right? So we can have facts that are slanted Republican. We can have facts that are slanted Democrat. We can have facts slanted ultra conservative or ultra liberal. It doesn't matter what the facts Mm -hmm. are, right? You you pick the ones that vibe with you. And then, then once you have that base, that platform of, of knowledge for yourself, Mm -hmm. then you can move forward and start making choices and decisions that are insular for just you and your small family. Right, right. It's not about changing the whole world. Yeah. We See, can't. I make it about that we so can't. much and it we gets can't. so overwhelming. Do you know that quote me? from Margaret Mean that says it takes one person to to support everybody? Oh, it's on my... No. Oh, I'm bungling this too. now. She, it's, on, <laughs> it's, the, it's a quote on the side of my fridge. Margaret Mead said okay. something about how it takes one person to change the world mm-hmm. and do... One person's actions mm-hmm. is all it takes to change the course of things. Mm-hmm. And that's what it, you have to think about with your family. Mm-hmm. So 
I want that to be true. <laughs> it, it, it is true if you yeah. make it your reality within your right. four walls of your home. Okay. You're doing yeah. your little part. Well, and that's the, yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing is, like, I, like, because I, so I added, like, to my Reiki grid, which I have, which mm-hmm. is, like, the, you know, you do, like, crystals for the listeners who might not know, and you give Reiki to this thing, um, and I had different slips of paper with different things, and I added, like, Mother Earth onto that, and, like, Good just for healing, yeah. um, and, like, the thing I was thinking about is, like, so much of the problems that we have in this world, and specifically with the environment, is just people kind of not being satisfied with what they have in their lives. So they want more, 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 more money, more, whatever, you know? And so it's like, well, I am kind of helping people because through my work, like with Reiki and stuff, like I'm trying to bring people to a place of like where they can maybe tell that the present moment is enough. You know what I mean? Like, yes. so in a, in a way that maybe could help, but it's not, I don't know, you know? So when you choose to do the, re- I know you said you recycle, yeah. but when you, when you consciously recycle something, mm. Allow yourself the freedom to say, yes, this is my way of helping. Okay. This is my way of making a difference. Yeah. And it's so simple, but it's so profound. Right? And, like, I feel like once you... Because I feel like just in general, like, when you're, like, feeling down about something or a behavior that you have, and, like, that's the focus, then it just kind of builds on itself where, like, you're all of a sudden on the couch, like, depressed and watching movie after movie of something you don't even want to see. <laughs> Versus, like, when when you're, like, oh, I'm doing a good job at this, and, like, you focused on that, then you start feeling more confident, and you bring in these other parts of your life. So, like, yeah, I'm recycling now. Like, if I felt good about that, and instead of feeling horrible when I threw away mass food, maybe I would find like well I live in an apartment but maybe I can still compost you know what I mean I'm like branched out that way so like building confidence in, in what I'm able to do for the environment ding 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 I think you've just I think you've just solved <laughs> your problem you, you, brought, you did I don't know you brought this you forward saying this is unanswerable and yeah. I think maybe in a small maybe. micro way you have yeah, found an answer right, for yourself and right. and what you're talking about what I'm hearing you say is being very conscious and very mindful of the choices that you do make right however right. small they are yeah yeah Okay. Yeah. Why don't you go and then I'll tell you the second one after that. Okay. Do you so, want to do that? Um, <laughs> mine is about um, a few months ago. I was driving home from my Reiki practice, and on NPR, it was some kind of TED Talk show. Mm. And I'm sure a lot of people out there are aware of this mm-hmm. TED Talk, but I just had a moment with it where I sat in my car and had one of those driveway cries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just stayed with me ever since. I actually, I went, I was so moved by the TED Talk that I went and I found it online and I was watching the man who did the talk and mm-hmm. I watched him speak. So after I tell my little parable, I should say before I tell my parable, I will put a link to the talk on my Facebook page, the Divine Lotus Healing Facebook page for anybody who wants to check this out. Um, but basically this man was sharing his story and his experience about what it was like to be um, somebody who worked on the nuclear reactors during the time that the earthquake and tsunami struck and he was inside the reactor when it happened and he um he had, he's from America, and he was Which over there. earthquake and tsunami in case there have been more. Oh, oh, um, <laughs> the most recent ones, the ones that were okay. like five years ago, okay. the big ones um, in the um, the northern prefecture. What's the, what's the prefecture that it was called? I can't remember, but the, the big one that just happened that okay. was in the news for us. Okay. So he was a uh, tech person, some kind of managerial person that was working in the reactor on the day that it struck and he told this story about how he had made a connection 
He didn't speak the language there, but while he was living there and doing this work, he had made a connection with a woman who owned a noodle house. And he would go into the noodle house every day and have soup. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he, when he was able to get out of the reactor, it's an mm-hmm. amazing story about how he was rescued or saved or mm-hmm. got out. It was. It's just, wow. I can't describe it. He yeah. does it well himself. Um, he went to try and find the noodle lady, and he couldn't find her. He, he went to her her location, and yeah. she, she was gone, and he didn't know what had happened to her. And then he ended up going home to the United States and going back to visit in Japan a year later, and he found her, and they got reunited. Oh, wow. And it was just a beautiful story of yeah. humanity and love and his perseverance during a very... Mm. emotionally and energetically trying time. And the thing that resonated with me about the story, the reason I had my driveway cry moment, was because it was unfiltered, Mm. and it was raw, and it was real, and it was so full of compassion. His Mm. own story about his own crisis was so full of compassion. that's interesting. And I just loved it because, although it was painful and sad, he wasn't trying to make things better, he was just acknowledging Mm. this really was something very hard for him. And I tend to honor that kind of strife for people. I know in my own practice with my clients, when people come through my doors and they have strife, Mm. I'm not solving their problems for them. I'm just sitting with them. I'm just listening. I'm being the place. I'm creating that sacred space for them to dump their problems out. Right. And that's sort of what I felt like this man was doing mm. by sharing his mm. his big thing, his wow. his big emotional issue that he went through. It was like a big communal dump. Like he just got it off his chest and he said it and it was out there. And whoever is listening or had listened to his talk held the space for him mm. to be able to say it. And it was yeah. so beautiful and wow. very mindful. And I really liked it. So, I, like I said, I'll put a link to it up on my website, or my Facebook page, sorry, that people can see. Nice. Yeah. Good. <laughs> okay, so I what's your second one? That. All right, so then this one is like another hot button. <laughs> Just coming with it today. But I, so I started reading, and everything is like books with me, so like probably every single time we do this, I'll be like, I'm reading this book, and this made me think <laughs> this way. But So I am reading a book right now. I'm reading, um, I should really say the author's names. We can put links up to the books, too. Okay. Right? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm reading Nixon Land, um, which is this huge book, but it's about how Nixon was able to go from, um, you know, losing the the um, election after he was vice president back in the early 60s. I think it was right at 60. 64, 62. Or it was 58. Um, I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Someone can correct me if, if you need to do that. But, um, <laughs> so, and, and then how he went from losing though to this kind of this political environment being created where he got elected. And it's just fascinating. And the thing that has really, struck a chord with me and just been so surprising is the the way the world was in the 60s because I really like I just have a vision of the 60s of like oh it must have been so fun like when I was growing up like my friends would all dress up like hippies and we thought it looked like it's such a fun time and it was like free love you know free love was that the 60s too right like I feel Mm -hmm. like that's maybe going into the 70s a little bit but 
but the thing is that the 60s were insane and they and like with the and especially with the protests and like so many black people like I just encountered my first my husband and I are reading this book together and he's farther along that I guess this happened several times where black people are killed by the police and then they make claims over like the first the I just read this part in the book and it was this man who was driving and he was speeding because I'm not even going to go in it's a very sad story but the cop shoots him just after he pulls him over and um and so they there were riots from that one in a different location but it's just crazy because it's just such a mirror for today and what's happening in the world and like and it was just it's just been such an eye-opener reading this book and seeing how people, you know, how white people think their freedoms are being trampled on, and and but then like these black people are suffering so much, and like just kind of that, and then the political climate of the two sides being so opposite each other, and in the idea of victimization kind of plays into it. So it's a big topic that I don't need to tackle right now, but I just kind of wanted to share that it, it's it's an amazing book, and if you don't know much about the 60s, and you want to know more, or if what's happening in the world now seems crazy to you, like it's, we have been here before, and it's just, it's just crazy. It's crazy to learn about it, and I'm just really glad that I'm reading the book, I guess. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the work of Peggy McIntosh? I don't know. What does she, she do? Um, she's very well known in education circles. She she wrote mm. a paper that is called um, Unpacking the White Privilege Backpack. Oh. And she talks about how, this was written back in the 1980s, early 90s, and mm-hmm. she talks about how white people in America, she's American, yeah, have this white privilege that is unknown to them, mm. but everybody of color understands it to be true. And she gives all these examples of how this is true and pervasive in our society. Mm -hmm. And the one that resonates with me the most is, for example, when you go to the grocery store and you're buying Band-Aids, they're all white people colored. (laughs) So in my family now, I'm trying to um, think about ways to combat those kinds of stereotypes Mm -hmm. for my little one. He's almost three. And um, I want him to grow up with an understanding of different kinds of culture Mm -hmm. and color Mm -hmm. and... Um, diversity in his life and make that part of his natural upbringing. Yeah. So we're looking for subtle ways to break stereotype, I yeah, guess, is what yeah, we're doing. Yeah. And so we've chosen to go the route of, although there's commercialism involved here, and that's a whole separate issue in my mm-hmm. life, the character Band-Aids for now with oh, him instead yeah, of the yeah. skin color Band-Aids. Right. And we're, he's almost three. He's like a little teeny human being. We're not mm-hmm. explaining this to him. Mm-hmm. When he's older, he'll get it. Right. Or we'll talk about it with him when yeah. he starts to notice. But mm-hmm. for now, this is just one small way that we're yeah. dealing with it. So I would recommend looking her yeah, work up un- yeah. unpacking the white privilege mm-hmm. backpack. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Been, it's interesting. Like, I have a friend from Louisville, Kentucky, like, and I've been talking to her about this because I just struggle with these kinds of things. You know this by now. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and so she was just like, when they moved here, so we're in Massachusetts, and she, they were like, where are all the black people? Like, where are all the African Americans? I don't, everybody has different terms they want are comfortable having being called or having used, you know? Um, but, and it was just, it was just so interesting because I had never thought, thought even the like you just kind of take for granted where you are and it's like I realize like the, it is so insular here you know what I mean like you have the neighborhoods that there are no people who are white in that neighborhood or vice versa you know like and it's just you like I and I never really stopped to think about it so much you know like because I've always been like oh I'm very pro black and black black lives matter and everything else and I'm like why 
why did why is there that movie like Dear White People where you know they're upset about the kids touching the <laughs> afro and stuff? I'm like, what's the problem? And then talking to her, I realized like. Oh my God, I have no idea. <laughs> like, I just have no concept because I haven't been exposed to, to that much racism or just different races even, you know? Like, and yeah. I know I probably maybe sound ridiculous to people, but I think it needs it's to be okay. said. It's like, I think, are. yeah, I mean, I think that, I think it needs to be talked about on all different ways. So do you know the work of Howard Zinn? I, yes, I do know Howard Zinn. Yeah, yeah, so touch base with that work again because yeah. his work is really profound. Mm. Do yeah. you know Ta-Nehisi Coates? No. So this is somebody, he's amazing. He just came out with a book. He's a black man, um, and he wrote an open letter to his son kind of thing. And, like, he writes a lot for The Atlantic about on these kinds of issues. And, I, and Jonathan, my husband, reads him all the time. And I started reading him, too. And it's like... It's just so refreshing to hear mm. someone talk about something honestly and openly and like somebody I don't know, you know, like there it's not there's no shaming involved yeah. in yeah. it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's more like exploring and yeah. and so it it's really wonderful. And, you know, we're all works in progress. And I think mm -hmm. that one of the problems that people have is when they think they're not a work in progress oh my God. anymore. Who's, who's not, please? I know. We're all in this lifetime of learning. Even yeah. as adults, people are always learning. People are learning more patience. People are learning more um, fitness. Mm -hmm. People are learning more. Like, I'm always a learner who likes to go back and take classes to learn yeah. all my new stuff. But not everybody's like that. Like, yeah. people, some people learn through movies. Some people learn right. through reading books. We're always, always, always learning. Mm -hmm. And the person who tells you they're not is either unaware or a crock. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Mm. So that's that. That's that. Yeah, I think thinking about huge topics. <laughs> no, it's great. I think it's good. You're one of those people that bites the big stuff off I in life, and you to. chew on it, yeah. and that's so important. Thank and I'm glad you. that you bring it into this frame today, yeah. because even though it might not necessarily relate to the hands-on energy work that we do in our lives it's important and it flows through your yeah. life and it's big in your life and yeah. it's what you're thinking about and I honor that for you yeah. and even though it's messy and there's no answers we're not trying to solve right we're not trying to say this is how it should be yeah. we're not trying to tie this all up neatly in a bow mm -hmm. that's not what this podcast is about for mm -hmm. us I think we're just trying to explore more deeply yeah. and pick things apart a little bit and when you pick things apart it gets messy mm -hmm. But I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with too. it being loose ends. And I, I hope our listeners are too. To that way, I know, right? Oh, oh goodness. So, yeah. <laughs> I know a lot. Like, I don't know. We've talked about, like, I, get, like most of my stuff doesn't have to do with energy, like, like it's okay. Like on the nose, but in a general way, it absolutely does. Because I feel like that, like, these things are issues that are definitely energetic. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like they're big and they're overwhelming. And I feel like because of that, there's a lot of blockage there and you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Yes. So yeah, it. that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, I look forward to future blurbs. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Do, uh, and yes. we, we will promise each other and we'll promise each other publicly. I think it was <laughs> understood before, but I just will say it out loud yeah, yeah. that we'll bring each other our blurbs on be notes to each other oh, so they'll yes. be fresh for each of us Excellent. each time okay? that sounds great good. <laughs> okay so another topic that we want to discuss is what it's like to be moms mm -hmm. and having reiki in our lives mm -hmm. and you had said something about how you, you um oh no that's something else never mind <laughs> i'm jumping ahead of myself here oh yeah well i am very interested actually and i want to ask you some questions if it's okay, okay. yes about what it's like for you. You had Reiki as a part of your life. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and then your son was born. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what kinds of ways the Reiki has manifested for you in your everyday life. Because I understand completely about having a toddler and being on the go and running around and changing diapers and having play dates (sighs) and nap times. And how do you incorporate Reiki (laughs) into that? Because Reiki practice is taught in our society on the whole as a very quiet, spiritual, solitude, sit down, close eyes, breathe deeply. And as a mom of a toddler, you do not have time to do that. No, not So what does it look like in your life? Well, um, first I want to say one thing, because I saw, I didn't respond to this because I'm not good at social media, like Facebook and LinkedIn um, chat boards. (laughs) They're not called chat boards, but that's okay. But somebody actually posted a question that was, is it okay to practice Reiki when they're pregnant? And um, they had been told that it wasn't. And I I know I should have responded to this, but I was like, everybody's going to respond to this. So whatever. But I do want to say, if anybody is wondering that, who's listening, I absolutely did. And I know you did too. I wrote my my story and posted it on my website because I want people to be, I want people to know. I gave myself Reiki. Yes, me too. And I didn't die, and my kid didn't come out disformed with 16 heads and turn purple. Yeah. It's possible, folks. Yeah. It's beneficial. I loved it. I okay. My okay. favorite time. So when I had clients and was doing Reiki, that was when I felt the closest to, to Mac, unless I was doing Reiki on him. I, that felt close, too. But I actually could feel his spirit doing the Reiki with me. Like, it was amazing, because it was like I felt his joy at being a part of the process. Yeah. So it was crazy, and also giving him Reiki. I just, and you gave me Reiki, too, while I was pregnant, and we just had such a strong sense of who he was, and it's exactly who he is, and it's, like, amazing. So I so definitely do Reiki while you're pregnant, right? Yes, or if you're not Reiki attuned, you can receive. Yes, yes. I love treating pregnant ladies when they're I find actually that when I'm giving Reiki to the their tummy area, mm. the babies turn yeah. and they face my hands, really? and I can go all the way around the stomach like a moon, like oh, across wow. the stomach, like the the I don't know, like an arc of the sun, maybe is the way mm. I should describe it. And the babies turn towards it, or they they've been kicking in the session, and then when the Reiki comes to the tummy, they oh, quiet down. It's so, so amazing. Funny. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Love it. So as far as my everyday life goes, it's just, I do have the Reiki grid, which has been a big help because I don't have like the, you know, it, it is just go, go, go. And I don't always think like, oh, I can do Reiki in this moment, you know. So like when he's napping, I'll do self-Reiki or in the morning, like I'll kind of lay in bed and do it for a little while just to kind of relax a little bit. So like a lot of times it's like during transition times when I'm not with Mac that I do it. So like going to bed, waking up, nap time. But then I'll also like if he hurts himself, I'll ask him if he wants Reiki and like he'll say yes or no. He says no a lot, but he does say yes sometimes. Um, And so just things with that. And then I also do a lot of Reiki in my house, like as far as like Reiki and the energy in the house to try to clear that up and everything because it gets pretty crazy. Like I just feel like it's like almost like a balloon that just gets fuller and fuller throughout the day with like all of the toddler energy and the mom energy. That's <laughs> it's, great. Yeah, it's challenging though. How about you? I do a lot of self-reiki in snippets. Mm-hmm. Before my son came into the world, I was able to do a full self-reiki treatment yeah. and just relax and dedicate however long, many, many minutes, whether it was like 15 or 30 or an hour or whatever mm. to myself. I don't have that luxury anymore. Mm. So I find myself giving myself reiki 
on my chest a mm-hmm. lot. That's a preferred spot for me yeah. in the, these last several years. I don't know what's going on for me mm-hmm. there, but I just am gravitating towards that. So I'll be driving and I'll place my head I on my like heart. I feel like I'm also there a lot yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My son certainly gets Reiki every night as he's going oh, to bed. Nice. We give it to him now because he's in his big boy bed. And yeah. It's a way to calm him down so he doesn't keep getting up and out of the bed, which is a novelty. Yeah. <laughs> we give him Reiki and we'll sit in the rocking chair and we'll place our hand on his back or his mm. head. He asks right now, Mommy, do the Reiki tonight? That's Daddy, nice. do the Reiki tonight? Like He, he really looks forward to it. Yeah. And it's just a nice, peaceful way for him to fall asleep. Mm. So... One of the things that's been interesting is that I, like, when I first had Max, so I'm great, like, I love babies, and, like, parents don't mind, like, I'll give babies Reiki, so, like, you know, I'll be holding them and just give Reiki to their little gassy bellies and everything, and so when I had Mac, I thought that I would be doing it all the time, but I actually didn't feel that connection with him, and that was really surprising and difficult for me, because I can usually call him a baby, like, nobody's business, with a little swing and a little Reiki, and I couldn't do that with him, so it was so hard. That's interesting. It was really hard. You know, this is a, a stereotype, and for any of you who are therapists, please know that I don't mean to be offensive here when I say this, but there, it's like the stereotype of therapists should only ever marry other therapists because they can't treat they they can't treat themselves, mm. so they have to have their partner treat them for their craziness in their yeah, life. Yeah. It's like the Reiki mom. You could treat yeah. everybody else yeah. except your own son. Right. No, it was, it was hard. It was hard, and he cried a lot. So oh. stuff, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. We'll, well my that. son now is old enough to express himself in sentences. Yeah, He's almost three. Awesome. And he'll come up to me in the kitchen sometimes and he'll hold onto my leg and he'll say, Mommy, I give you Reiki hugs. Oh. And it's just so sweet. We call ourselves a Reiki family actually yeah. now. And I, I say this all the time to clients and class participants. I think of Reiki as a tool in my medicine cabinet in my downstairs bathroom like it's of course it's metaphorical I actually do keep a little tin in there that says Reiki on it just so it's like physical presence is represented but we use it all the time for the boo-boos the cuts the scrapes and certainly since I have learned the Japanese Mm. ways of practicing Reiki I was originally for those of you who don't know western trained and then several years into my practice I was able to deepen my experience and my learning and I learned the Japanese system and that has a very unique authentic um, how to hands on practical application Mm. side of it Mm. and so there's ways that you can there's techniques you can use to break fevers and to stop bleeding and to heal cuts right on the spot it's just amazing 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 so I've been using it a lot that way in my everyday life and that is totally where my son is right now because especially now with the warm weather it's summer here where we are and um, we have lots of scraped knees Mm -hmm. and boo-boos on the fingers doing that with math a lot with that it's been really lovely yeah that's awesome well that segues very nicely into what I wanted to talk about which is your you yes. and Reiki, okay. <laughs> your Reiki evolution. Um, so when I met Laura, you were doing the Western Reiki, yes, and that, and so I was trained pretty much in that. And then I have my own. I do a lot of intuitive work with Reiki, and that's something that probably I think yeah, that would be something could. that we should break out and talk about more in its own session yeah. because there is so much controversy. Yes. And misconception and misunderstanding around intuition mm-hmm. and the practice of Reiki. They're two yeah. separate things, mm-hmm. but they very nicely join together. And people here in the West, I'm starting to get on a soapbox here, and I should stop Stand soon. Up. It, get on your soapbox. It could, be, it's fine. it could be its own topic here, and I don't <laughs> want to derail us. But 
I think the, I'm committing us to saying in a yes. future episode in the near future, we're going <laughs> to pick this apart even more because I yes. have some very definite ideas about this. Mm. Anyway, okay, so go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we'll do that. So we'll just do... I mean, so the things, I'll ask you specific questions and then we won't go, we won't get too big with the topic. So what I, so when you mentioned briefly, like, I think the last time I saw you that like you used to do like the chakras and everything and the chakras is like still a big, is a big part of, it's not still, it is a big part of like when I do Reiki Mm -hmm. and everything. So, so when you do Reiki now, Mm -hmm. the chakras don't enter, like where do the chakras exist for you in your mind right now? I love that question. Okay. So in my Western training, I was trained to also incorporate treatment through the chakra system. Mm -hmm. The Japanese system that I was trained in does not deal with the chakra system at all. It deals with body parts. Mm. It doesn't, the Japanese system does not say the chakras don't exist or that it's invaluable to treat them. It just does not talk about them. Mm -hmm. It talks about how to heal um, diabetes by treating the liver and the... um, and treating the lungs for when mm. somebody has a cold and treating certain places on the top of the head and the ears and the sinuses when somebody has a headache. Mm. It's very technical in that aspect. Do you feel that it's, like, real? Like, do you feel that it's I don't know right what you mean. No, like, do you think, like, so, you know, like, if you, you try it out and does it work, I guess? You know the what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's been amazing. So when my yeah. son was, like, 15 months old, he had a fever one night, and I, and I broke it using a Reiki technique. It was astounding to me. I'm blown away every time by this. (laughs) My experience of Reiki is so, and like this kind of goes with the intuitive thing, so we won't talk about it too much, but like it's so emotional. Like I work in the emotions and like I work on an emotional level. Like I've never, like I'm going to totally admit this right now and I think it's important to be transparent. I I don't really necessarily believe that Reiki can heal people's bodies. (laughs) <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. That's so I just no, don't. I'm so glad. I just don't know that I believe it. It's one of those <laughs> things that you would have to practice and yeah. learn and try and see and have it be amazing before to. your eyes. Yeah. Yes. Is that awful? Like I'm a practitioner and I'm saying that I. No, that. I think yeah. it's the reality that you're acknowledging yeah. for lots of folks. Yeah. And it's what you're really speaking about is seeing is believing yeah. and we can apply that to anything in our lives. Mm. Absolutely. And yeah. why shouldn't that apply to Reiki? Of course, mm. Reiki is a subtle energy that is yeah. unseen by the naked eye. Yeah. And until we can play with it and see the results of it impacting people mm-hmm. and the way, the, the ways that I have learned in this Japanese system are immediate. Yeah. Like when you get a cut, I can do some things to That's your, that. your bloody finger to make it stop <laughs> bleeding. And until you see that with your yeah. own eye yeah. in real yeah. time, it sounds miraculous. Right. It sounds like yeah. Jesus walking on water. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Cause like, cause like, I've seen firsthand how Reiki can help emotionally and that, so that's why I believe in it and of that's course. where I'm comfortable using of it course. for people. So I'm like, yeah, I can help you get over a loss or not get over it, but you know, like to deal with things that are hard and blocks and stuff. But yeah, the well, I have a, stuff. I have a clarifying okay. question for you yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm not trying to put you on the spot here. I love it. But, <laughs> would you ever be open to learning some of the Japanese? I right? really want to. And that was kind of the next, <laughs> question I was going to ask you because I I remember after I had Mac you had done the Jikiden right is that how you pronounce it yeah Jikiden, Jikiden. Is, it means original teaching and it's mm-hmm. one of the ways the Japanese ways mm-hmm. of learning there's another whole big Japanese um um, unfolding that's happening in my life in September and I'll talk oh, about that in a future podcast okay, but, nice. um, I can't wait to hear yeah yeah Jikiden is just one 
specific lineage branch yeah. of Japanese style Reiki, and mm-hmm. it was the one that found me in yeah, my life at yeah. the time that I was ready to open. Yeah. So it's not the end all be all. Mm-hmm. It is very highly um, professional and mm. wonderful. If people are interested, I would yeah. definitely say check out the Jikiden Reiki Institute. They're based out of Kyoto, Japan. Mm. Um, and they have master teachers from all over the world that come every once in a while through um, America. The reason I am not able to teach it yet mm. is they have a very specific structure for how people are trained and how they go on to become teachers. Yeah. And I respect that very much mm. because they want people to be authentically um, appropriate with the content and they don't want the people to change the content right. and make it their own and yes. morph it. This is something else that I'm passionate about is yeah. um, Reiki history and Reiki lineage. Mm. I've done a lot of research in my personal development and I am folding it into my classwork now with mm, people great. who learn Reiki. Yeah. But, um, what was I saying? I'm sorry. I lost track. That's okay. I don't, I, you were just talking about you, why you're not teaching there. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, um, when I was on a year-long maternity leave, I was able to learn this style. Mm-hmm. And you have to go the, then once you learn the style, then you have to go back and you have to retake the classes, which I've been able to do in the mm-hmm. two or three years since I first learned. Mm-hmm. But you also have to retake um, some of the content training. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been able to do that because the master teachers who come through, they teach in these week-long seminars. And they come through during a particular time in the, the year where I'm, I have a second career and... I'm doing that work at yeah. certain times of the year, and I can't get away. I can't right, take the time off. Right. So eventually, I'm going to travel in the yeah. summer to another country to learn mm. with these teachers so that I'm going to be able to teach it. But mm. until that time comes, I sort of feel like I'm dabbling and playing, and then there's something new coming in September that I feel like now is turning into a big secret, and I don't yeah, mean it to no, sound it's that it's way. It's like a tease but, for our next podcast. Well, there you go. Okay, we'll think of it that way. <laughs> yeah, so that's where I yeah, am with my journey yeah. with it all. That's Cool. And I, my personality is very type A, very mm. structured, very mm. organized. My junk drawers in my house have organizing trays in them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and all the, all the quote unquote junk is together. Yeah. yeah. I'm just that kind of person. So for me, yeah. I, I really am very spiritual and I'm highly intuitive as mm. people who know my work know I'm, I'm, I deal with the emotional connectedness to spirit, but yeah. also at the same time, I have a, this deep and profound respect for the content knowledge and the everyday mm. applications for mm. how we use Reiki in our lives. Yeah, that's and it doesn't always have to be a six-hour bliss out, right, woo, right. I'm floating in the clouds, yeah. and Reiki is this beautiful, magical thing. Mm. It very much is that yes. for lots of people, yeah. myself included. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be that all the time Yeah. for practical applicational that's reasons. Cool. I actually, yeah. one time, this is a parable, I'll tell you. Yeah. I was here at the house, and I heard an accident outside in the neighborhood, and I heard a dog, and I thought, oh my God, I need to go and see what happened. It turns out that a woman was driving over the hill, and she struck a dog, and I was able to go and help give the dog Reiki until the owner was found. The dog was three or four houses down, and so the neighbor had to be found and brought, and then I was able to support the dog with Reiki until they were able to take it to the animal hospital, and it turned out he was fine, but there were some specific techniques that I used with the... the, the, the Reiki that I was practicing yeah. that were able to help him and mm. it, I didn't have to close my eyes I didn't have to go into a meditational state yeah. I didn't have to lay down I didn't have to chant anything right. my eyes were open I was talking to all the neighbors that yeah. had gathered I just was resting my hands on the dog and it was nobody really even knew what I was doing mm. it just looked like I was comforting him right. and that to me is the essence of being able to integrate something into your life so mm. seamlessly mm. that you become it yeah. it was Reiki was flowing out of my hands to mm. that animal 
and it was natural and I was I was able to talk to the other people yeah. and converse with them and just keep the dog company mm. until the official support was able to start taking yeah. place and wow. I really love that aspect of yeah. my work and my and my relationship with how Reiki has grown in my life mm. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in learning more about it because it's, because having the massage and everything background, like I am interested, like I love anatomy. I think it's fascinating and Mm -hmm. it just seems like it would be nice. And like, even since you gave me that, like you haven't given me Reiki in a while, but when I did see you after you had the Jikadin and like you were so much more focused it's like actually kind of changed the way that I give Reiki too and like I'm not really yeah it really has because I just love like you would just sit there and it was like I remember you had your hands like over my armpits and shoulders and you just stayed there for like almost the whole hour I feel like or it was my head too and um and it was just like I don't know there was just it was like moving a boulder versus like sweeping away bits of sand which I feel like sometimes Reiki is and so oh my gosh that's amazing (laughs) that is so honorable and profound I'm really moved by that thank you So now when I do it I'm much more like I stay with the person you know what I mean and like I stay with the wherever it is like I don't feel like I have to Mm -hmm. do all this Mm mm-hmm Going Jeff. all over the body and yeah, getting a, a complete yeah. treatment and making sure you touch every single place. Right, right. And yeah. I still do that a little bit, but it's not. It's definitely not the same. Well, so I think yeah, also I like we're it. talking about flushing out a how to treat people with Reiki mm. topic that we can talk about in future Absolutely. posts, yeah. podcasts. So that was the, that's so interesting. Thank you for sharing that because I really, um, I feel like, I don't know, and we'll definitely talk about this in future podcasts, but there's so many different ways to practice Reiki, and it's such a living thing that you would have a Reiki evolution, and you've been doing it for such a long time. Mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't had too much of an evolution yet, but I'm working I on disagree it. with you. <laughs> As the woman on the outside of your life looking in, yeah. I think your journey has been completely, profoundly really? amazing. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, the other thing that is, I think, beneficial to my avatar in this lifetime Mm. is that I'm very comfortable with being transparent about my journey through this life. I don't mind standing in front of people and saying, okay guys, I'm in transition. I'm teaching. This is actually what I'm saying now in my classes, because in the last couple of years I've been transitioning out of my Western way of understanding how to relate to Reiki and into my Japanese way. And I'm still in the process of figuring it all out. And I say that in my classes to folks and I'm very clear about which is which when Mm. I'm teaching. So people don't get confused. But I mean, I think that's part of the process of, like, in the very beginning when you were saying you were going to be vulnerable and bring these big Mm. topics to the table that are hot-button issues, and it was not necessarily something that had an answer. Yeah. I'm the same way with my practice. I don't have all the answers. Yeah. I don't know it all. Nobody Mm. does. Even the experts who've written all the master books and those master teachers who are, like, the revered gods of Reiki practice don't know it all. There's no way they can. Even Usui didn't know it all. (laughs) We're always unfolding and exploring and deepening Mm. as we go. And that's part of the beauty of Mm. our practice and our relationship with our Reiki in our lives. It's transforming and changing and growing and deepening in our lives Mm. as we grow and learn and deepen. Right. It's symbiotic. Hmm. That's nice. <laughs> Maybe this is a nice place for us to sort of 
wrap things up yeah, and end sure. with some kind of meditation or blessing. Or... Yeah, yeah, that would be great. So I don't know. What do you want to do? <laughs> I let's do this. Let's invite our listeners to join us for a minute, and we can both do this too. Because we're ending our day talking about Reiki. Can I interrupt for a second? Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. I just wanted to say one other thing, which... So I just... So this is really scary for both of us. And I want to say that. I want to acknowledge that. Because the internet is insane and people say such nasty things and have <laughs> such a freedom I know to, where you're going. Yeah, like just the anonymous people saying things. And like I... And I want to just say like... Yeah, we aren't perfect, and so if there's anybody listening to this who's trolling and wants to say stuff about <laughs> us, then that's fine, and you're welcome to do that. But I also want to encourage other people who maybe have positive things to say and say that's that's good, too. You know, like, I feel like there's not enough positivity on the Internet, and that's, that's part of so the reason funny. I think okay. us doing this is really important and being vulnerable because I feel like so much now... You have to, like, especially being moms and, yes. like, the mommy wars that are online and everything else that's happening. Like, it's it's kind of frightening for me to do this, but I really wanted to. And I really wanted to be maybe a little bit of a beacon to other people who are not perfect and who are like us. So, that's... I just are, you mean who are real? Yes, exactly. <laughs> who are human. <laughs> who are human and who are maybe, you know, wanting to, to be allowed to be human. And on a journey and willing yes. to be public about their journey. Right. Yeah. Or like okay. just get support for that. So, so you're so, going to want to yeah. listen to this upcoming July channeled message because oh, it's about living really? in a kind world and oh, how to make the world so a kinder funny. place. Yeah, it's I so funny it. that you bring this all up that's at the so end. so funny. That's a little teaser and a plug for the work that I do. Okay. All right. So... Um, we're both going to do this. I know you can't mm. see us because we are sitting um, in auditory form for you all, but we're gonna. I'm going to invite us to sit in a way that we are open and relaxed. And you can too at home, who, wherever you are listening to this. Um, bring your hands to a part of your body that feels like it needs to just have some love or attention placed there. For those of you who are Reiki attuned, you're going to invite the Reiki to start flowing into this space. And for those of you who are not Reiki attuned, just invite your hand to gently bring love or awareness or some sort of shift into this place that you've put your hands. And as your hands are resting in this spot, you're going to want to notice your breath, breathing into the center of your being. And we can invite ourselves to take a deeper breath in, nourishing our body with air and vibrancy and love. And as we exhale, we can invite any tension or stress or worry or any energy of discordance to be released or ever so slightly moved out. And breathing in again, we can invite more peace and balance and harmony into ourselves. And exhaling, we can release anything that no longer serves us, moving it out and away from the body. Just resting in this space for a moment. This is a sacred pause for ourselves in our day or our night. Just feeling the gratitude of resting in awareness with our own selves. Let it be. Amen. Namaste. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
so much for listening. I hope thank that everybody. you enjoyed yes. our talk. Yes. We're very thank excited to come to you again in the future, so look yes. for more from us. Absolutely. Many blessings and be well. Yes. <laughs>